0: Hello friends, welcome to the Mongolian Adventures Podcast, a place for stories about Mongolia for adventurous kids. Get comfortable, snuggle in, and let's begin. Let's begin. There was sand everywhere. She felt like she had slept in sand. It was coating every single part of her fur and tail. Even as she tried to brush it off with her paws, she felt like she could taste it in her mouth, the grit of the gobi tasting salty and dry. She really would rather have some breakfast cheese than sand stuck between her teeth, but here she was, curled up on a hard bus bench, trying to wake up as the bus flew down the bumpy road. Minjin stretched and unfurled her tail, watching as another wave of sand fell off of her. She had left the Bak Gatsurin Choto last night, counting on the overnight bus to get her to her next stop, the famous White Stupa of Mongolia. Max, the traveling performing mouse she had met at her first stop in the Gobi, had told her it was his favorite place to perform. His description of its magical soaring rocks had convinced her she needed to come and see it herself. So here she was, covered in sand and dirt, sore from a long bus ride, trying to see if they were almost there. All she could see out the bus window was the endless beige landscape. No trees, no grass, nothing to see but the same flat land stretching out for miles ahead of them. It was frightening a bit to consider just how far they were from anything resembling a real town. Minjin had grown up in the cramped and crowded Narantol market of Ulaanbaatar. Thousands of mice and humans had traveled through the market each day, now she was surrounded by empty space, the sky a vast blanket over their heads. The difference was dizzying. An hour later, the bus bumped its way to a fairly crowded parking lot, full of other miniature sized vehicles with mice drivers waiting for their tour groups. Minjin climbed out, confused about where exactly the white stupa were. She followed the crowd and then gasped as they neared an edge a cliff, really, where the crowd stood to take pictures of the formations below. They were up above the formations, and looking down, she could see the incredible white stone rocks that rose up from the drop far, far below. It looked like an ocean of rock, the rounded edges flowing up and over across the landscape. She stood and felt the breeze slide over her fur, closing her eyes as she thought about what the white stupa had been thousands of years before, an ocean. Minjin opened her eyes and tried to imagine it, all of this space covered in water, fish and dinosaurs living in the water here. It was almost impossible to believe if she hadn't read about it in the guidebook she had found on the bus. She suddenly felt very small and alone by the vastness of this place, and her own small space in it. Turning from the edge, she followed signs for the mice visitors center, wondering if she could find some mice who lived here and find out what they did and how they lived. The arrows pointed her down a sloping crack between the rocks, and she walked down the curved path, a narrow ramp down and down between the rocks. She was grateful to be a mouse able to comfortably scurry between these rock walls, deeper and deeper down towards the ground of the stupa formations. It was quiet and cool on the path, a relief from the sun and crowds above. And she stopped to catch her breath as she emerged towards the bottom of the rocks and stepped out into the hard sand. It wasn't soft like she had always imagined sand to be, but it was packed and hard firm beneath her paws. There were small, scraggly green weeds growing out from between some of the sand, but otherwise it was barren, grass absent from the beige colors poured out over the land. To her left by a pile of small pebbles, she saw the sign for the visitor's center and ducked her head as she crawled into the cave entrance. A kind looking mouse was sitting at a smooth reception desk, its sloped edges silver and gray in the cool cave light. Salt lamps glowed next to her, light pink and yellow light pouring out from them and around the room. The mouse stood to greet her, saying, Welcome, friend. This is the White Stupa Mice Visitor Center. I'm Amida. How may I help you this morning? Minjin nodded back, trying to shake off a bit more of the dust and sand sticking to her. Hi, I'm Minjin. I'm on my house search and um, sort of exploring Mongolia. I wanted to see if there was any way I could get a tour or meet the mice who live and work here. She trailed off, not sure what else to say. Oh, how lovely, Amita answered. I'd be glad to help you. The white stupa are a wonderful place to live, so close to the power and strength of the desert and rocks living here is such a beautiful way to stay connected to the heart of the Gobi and all of the energy flowing through here. Minjin wasn't exactly sure what all of those words meant, but she nodded her head and figured she could always ask more questions later. Nod now, ask later, right? Amita led Minjin further down into the cave, the flickering lights coming to life as they went deeper down the tunnel. Does it bother you being in the dark? Minjin asked. Amida shook her head, her gray whiskers glowing in the light. Nope. I have always been a mouse who liked feeling cozy and protected. These caves are safe and strong and the lights we have bring peaceful flow and illumination. It's a great place to live and explore. She showed Minjin the main room, a big open space in the middle of the cave where the rock walls opened upwards, creating a large circular ceiling and a living room that was filled with comfortable couches, pillows and blankets. There was a large stone fireplace to the south where it was clear a fire could burn to keep the mice warm. There was also a tiny mouse-sized kitchen with beautiful wooden cabinets and space to cook. From the central area there were several different tunnels leading to living areas. Mice-sized apartments carved into the rock and providing comfortable rooms for the mice to live and put their belongings. At the end of the hall, Minjin spotted a silver rectangle built into the rock. It almost looked like what Minjin had seen were elevators. But an elevator down here? How would that even be possible? Amida motioned towards it. And that's the elevator to the top. Minjin's mouth dropped open. I'm sorry, what? Amida laughed. Yes, that's our elevator to the top of the stupa. Those of us who live here do one of three jobs. She pointed to the wall where a series of shelves held what looked like ropes and different kinds of gear. One, you help run our extreme rope climbing activities. This means you train to become a rock climbing professional and help the mice who visit climb up the stupa and then rappel back down. Amita then pointed to another set of shelves while Minjin tried to process that there was an entire mouse rock climbing business being run here. Two, you help run our extreme paragliding company. We help interested mice paraglide off the top of the stupa and down into the rock formations. Minjin raced to remember if she even knew what paragliding was. Jumping off the cliff? Sailing into the wind? Her brain wasn't sure. Amita continued her explanation. Three. We have some mice who are scientists and researchers. They run the academic part of our community. They help visiting professors who come to explore here, and they teach classes about the history of the White Stupa and the nature that grows here. She clapped her hands together. And that's it! Life at the White Stupa! It's fantastic! She smiled at Minjin and motioned for her to follow her back to the living area. Let's have a cup of tea and you can think about which activity you want to try this afternoon. Minjin followed her back, her heart racing. She was supposed to try one of the activities? This was getting out of control very fast. She wasn't an extreme adventure mouse. She would barely survived the bus ride here. What in the world? Amita handed her a mug of dark hot tea and sat down with her so are you thinking rock climbing or paragliding of course we'll have to see how the wind is today if you want to paraglide um i think you are maybe mistaken minjin said i'm not really that kind of mouse i just wanted to find out about the white stupa and see them because they are famous her voice trailed off you aren't what kind of mouse amita said you know an extreme one i'm not either Amita said no one is there's no such thing as an extreme mouse or human for that matter it's not like we get separated into groups based on what kind of mouse we are all of the mice who live here came to learn they were curious and they wanted to see what it was like to do those things so they tried them once then they tried them again and soon they had done it over and over again they were experienced. That made sense. It was kind of like what Minjin had learned from Nina, that there is always space for learning and that everyone starts off not knowing how to do something. But aren't you scared? Minjin asked. I've never done anything like these things before. Fear is a part of life, said Amida. If we never let ourselves feel fear as a part of doing something we want, then fear is always a negative thing. But sometimes it's good to try things that make us a little afraid. Things that we want to do, but that feel a little scary. That teaches our bodies and minds that we can do things that feel uncomfortable. We can learn how to work through the fear instead of letting it stop us. Minjin was afraid. It seemed silly not to be honest about that. But she also realized she was being given the opportunity to do something amazing in a beautiful place that humans and mice came from all over the world to see. She wanted to try. She wanted to take the opportunity and see what it taught her about herself and who she wanted to be. She wanted to at least try. Okay, Ninjin said to Amita. I want to rock climb. Yes! Way to go, Minjin! Amida enthusiastically stood up and motioned her to follow her. I'll call Ralphie and ask him to come get you ready. You are going to love this. 20 minutes later, Ralphie was tying Minjin into what he called a harness, a series of ropes and clasps that went around her waist and legs. He finished up and led her out of the cave and into the base of the stupa. Her legs felt a little weak as she followed him out into the bottom of the rock formations. The stupa rose above her, a castle of crags and crevices. The wind was strong and she could barely hear Ralphie as he began to hook her up to a series of ropes, calling into a walkie-talkie to a mouse at the top. Cheese two-four, cheese two-four, the mouse is ready to begin. Copy cheese two-four, biscuit three-six, ready to receive. He nodded to Minjin and said, you're all set, you can begin climbing. Minjin turned to face the wall of rock and took a deep breath. She closed her eyes and then placed her paws onto the rocks. She felt the sharpness of the wall and began to pull herself up, finding spaces to place her feet as she went. Soon she was up and moving, reaching for the holes in front of her, pulling herself up an invisible ladder one that twisted and turned across the face of the stupa. She was doing it. Her muscles and bones shifted as she went, and she felt the strength of her body move underneath her fur. She was terrified, but also amazed that she was doing it, going up and up and up, finding the next step and hauling herself towards the sky. It was hard, exhilarating work, and she tried hard not to look down. The fear was still there, sitting in her belly, waiting for her to let it overflow. But she kept it there, told herself over and over again that she could, she would, she was. Before she knew it, she was reaching the top where Mr. Biscuit 36, also known as Tinulmat, was waiting for her. He smiled and clapped her on the back as she hoisted herself up and onto the flat land, laying in the dirt and trying to catch her breath. There she lay, looking up at the sky that stretched over her. Mice couldn't fly, but she could rock climb. She had climbed the white stupa. Her body had carried her up. Her mind had let the fear go with her, but not overwhelm her. She already felt stronger. Minjin laughed. Suddenly, she didn't care about the sand and sweat covering every inch of herself. She was in the Gobi Desert, rock climbing up the white stupa, and facing her fear. It was a moment she would keep with herself forever, a story she could tell herself when she was afraid. Remember when you did that? Remember when you climbed a mountain? Remember who you are? Yes. Yes, she did remember. She would remember. She was Minjin, and she was doing this. This adventure that kept taking her to new and incredible places. This journey to find a home but also to find out what kind of mouse she was. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mongolian Adventures podcast. You can find more information about the podcast, as well as lesson plans for educators at www.mongolianadventurespodcast.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Mongolian Adventures Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at MongolianADvpod. We'd love for you to draw a picture or create artwork based off of today's story. Send us your pictures at mongolian.adventures.podcast at gmail.com and maybe you'll see it featured on our social media. Until next time, May your adventures be big and your dreams even bigger.